guys. Welcome back to West Coast Mix and Bounce. I'm your co-host, Bronna Marks, and I'm with... Leslie Torres. And West Coast Mix and Bounce is brought to you by Sports Al Dente, your recipe for L.A. sports. If you love this podcast, of course you would, and love L.A. sports, then you need to go check out SportsAlDente.com right now. We are a Los Angeles player-centric media platform, and our passion is to feature the great players and teams of all of L.A. We are also dedicated to giving expert weekly and daily advice in the world of fantasy football. We offer three different affordable membership packages, monthly, yearly, and lifetime. When you go to subscribe, make sure you use the promo code WCMB, that's WCMB, and get 10% off any package. So after that whole spiel, let's jump into the topics <laughs> of the day. Um, Leslie, we have a lot going on and a little bit of going on. Um, yes. So we're going to jump into, of course, LA, the Lakers, they've always, they always have some kind of something going on and they definitely pulled a doozy, I think, in the NBA world by signing Dwight Howard. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we thought it was going to be a very quiet off season and there, and there you go, the Lakers do something to kind of stir the pot again. So, I mean, it's not technically the Lakers fault, it's kind of DeMarcus Cousins' fault, and there's a lot more going on with him with which we will get into. But I guess, like, within the last two weeks, DeMarcus Cousins got injured again. He did something to his ACL, and so he might need surgery. Long story short, the Lakers now need another center to help play this offseason, and they already have JaVale McGee, but McGee kind of doesn't play that many minutes or they don't want to give too many minutes I'm assuming to him so they need to pick up another center and a lot of names started to pop out so one of them was Joachim um, Noah another one was Dwight Howard Marie Spites and then you know workouts start to happen and then bam voila Dwight is back for the Lakers he has cleared his waivers and he is uh, a Laker again which is kind of From weird. The century. So weird. Uh, yeah. I don't know <laughs> how to feel about this. I honestly, I don't know. I feel like as a fan, are you like conflicted because of the history? That is a very great question. Because I, I as I was doing my research for this, I was like, you know, most of my opinions came as a fan. And I was like, you know what? You have to, I have to learn to separate it. But it's like, no, it's not fair. My first ever game that I went to at the Lakers was when he signed with um when was when he signed with the Lakers. I'm like I was poor, so yeah, that was like my first game ever. So I saved my money. I got myself a damn Dwight Howard jersey, and then I'm sitting there because I'm I I got the tickets six rows behind um the Lakers bench, and you can just feel the vibe like they're not even talk. the team is not even talking with Dwight. It was like so awkward, so weird. And I'm sitting six rows back. So just imagine how that probably felt like for the bench and the whole team, the squad. So I kind of left that game just like a little bit sad. Because I was like, wait, this is not what I thought it was going to be, you know, and Steve Nash and all that stuff. So, but as a fan, I was kind of disappointed. I have grown up. And I'm hoping that Dwight Howard has grown up as well. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully, 
yeah, so I'm kind of trying to give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt. But I don't know. Long story short, I don't want to put my personal feelings into it. But I kind of have to just because it comes with so much history. Baggage. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I'm trying to see him more as a player and what he can contribute to the Lakers as a player. What do you think? Because right. right now he's coming off of a back injury. He is. He's he's coming off of a spinal injury, which makes it even more dramatic. But yes. um, apparently going into this whole workout and back and forth negotiations, you know, he let the Lakers know that he was completely healthy. He dropped like 15 pounds. Um, so, you know, he's basically just starting all over and he's ready to get back into it. But uh, playing off what you said about, you know, the history <laughs> and the baggage, um, he's a player, yes, but he also has to be a teammate at this point. Correct. And it's just kind of like, it's it's been six years, you know, six years of healing, six years of just time going by. So hopefully he has left that kind of, I guess, nightmarish state in the past and mm -hmm. he doesn't bring it with him to this because it's a whole new, like it's almost a whole new organization. The Lakers look nothing like they did um, six years ago. So it's kind of like it's a fresh start and it's still an opportunity to play with, you know, big stars like LeBron James and um, Anthony Davis. So I think if he, you know, just stays in that this is positive, this is all about positivity, you know, then then mm -hmm. they can mesh. Yeah. They can mesh. The scary thing is, is if they do mesh, how powerful are they really going to be? You know, <laughs> yeah. I think that's like, besides, cause I feel like I'm, I feel like a lot of people were still kind of stuck on that. Oh my gosh, is he going to be a good teammate? And even the Lakers are because the Lakers, you know, put a clause in his contract that was basically like, man, if you cause any commotion, you're gone. Yep. There's, you know, zero tolerance, zero tolerance policy which is kind of like whoa that's really deep for them to go that far to you know put it in print that you know we're not playing any games with you where you're gonna play and you're gonna play well and you're gonna play well with your teammates or you're gonna leave that's it that's how it is and um yeah and that goes to show how probably toxic the environment was in the first place that people actually remember people saw it and they're like uh-uh we're not gonna let this happen again we do need you we do want you but at a certain level you know and it's crazy that a organization kind of puts that clause in and then for him to be like okay that's cool because at the end of the day he does need to prove himself just because yeah, of all the injuries he's had yeah yeah definitely you know he's a he's a 15 year nba that you know and he has all this stuff under his belt you know anytime all-star you know defensive player of the year it's not like Dwight is not among the best of players, but I feel like after the whole Lakers situation and him hopping between Jeez. franchises, <laughs> yeah. he kind of just got lost in the sauce, you know? <laughs> and he just never became that, you know, front franchise player really again. He, he was a little bit for the Hornets. I feel like for the Hornets, he definitely shined a little bit more. I heard more about him, yeah. you know, in headlines and stuff like that. So he definitely has it in him. And when he was healthy with the Hornets, he was averaging, you know, 16 points, 12 rebounds. So the man still has it in him. He's kind of like a – I feel like he's kind of like a shadow of LeBron. Like, I'm sure some people are going to be hurt by that comment. But I feel like <laughs> just the way his career went, it just kind of 
you know, just dimmed down. But I feel like yeah. he could have been as big as LeBron is, like, every day. You know, like, you hear about LeBron every day, no matter what he's doing. If he's yelling Taco Tuesday or, if, <laughs> you know, he's building a freaking school somewhere. But Dwight just kind of, like, you know, just – he just laid back. So uh, I think I'm excited to see, like, what – this change, this really big change and these really big expectations are going to bring out of him. Is it going to bring out that ugly Dwight again? Or is it going to bring out, you know, who he is now if he's, you know, more mature? Well, at least one of us is excited. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, but I I understand what you mean. I, I feel like you can see the difference of how the players go. And you can see the difference, like you said, from LeBron James to Dwight Howard. And it and it goes back to just being an all-around player. LeBron James, at a certain length or at a certain point, he knows how to be a teammate, how to be in the locker room, how to get everybody together and, you know, mesh and go along with him. Meanwhile, right. Dwight kind of had, I think, like, you can do the most amazing stats the most rebounds but if you're not a team player it's gonna show nobody's gonna want to pass you the ball your stats will not get better and like you said with the hornets maybe he was meshing better with the hornets he was also very healthy and he played all 82 games so if he can go back to that maybe that dwight howard with the hornets kind then yeah i'm excited too and hopefully he can help ad and help javel mcgee kind of you know be that role player that we we now kind of need him to be <laughs> thanks <Right>. cousins <laughs> exactly and i think having two powers like if they so decide to ever put dwight and anthony davis on the floor at the same time you know switch somebody to like a a power forward or some some kind of situation like that which i'm sure they will do i mean man oh, yeah, those are sure. some big guys you know those are some big shoulders in the paint so i think it adds more aggression to the lakers because mm-hmm. I feel like what the Lakers roster is now is not really it's not super aggressive. It's more like, okay, this is tactical, these are tactical players, you know. But I feel like just adding Dwight is kinda like, wow, they really have like a big man that's gonna bully the 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 paint and that's what they need because the Lakers obviously were not we're not in the top bracket for big no. men last year. Especially <laughs> not in the paint, yeah. Well, from what I've heard, Anthony Davis wants to play and stay at the power forward position. So I think this is where where Dwight Howard came in because they could have easily just been like, okay, well, we'll just rotate Davis and McGee. But I think they're trying to be like, no, we're going to give Davis what he wants. We want him to resign with us next year. He wants to be power forward. Let's leave him there. Now we have to work to find somebody who can help back up McGee or, you know, who knows, maybe McGee, McGee loses his spot and he, and Dwight Howard becomes, you know, the starter. So I don't know, but I totally agree. They have bigger bodies in that area of the paint where it's going to be very hard for players to just try to get in and bully their way into there. And I mean, look at the Eastern conference. You have, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you have Joel Embiid, who are really big, who work their way around the paint. And if you have somebody like Dwight Howard and, like you said, Anthony Davis just there, the ball's not going anywhere. (laughs) So hopefully that's the plan and it could come through as just like as we're imagining it right now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, needless to say, you know, I'm waiting for the month of October to roll around shortly. I'm so excited. Um, But the... 
Yeah. So the sadder side of this story is um, obviously uh, DeMarcus Cousins is hurt, ACL torn. Like you said, surgery is questionable, but he's obviously done. He's going to be out for at least 98% of the season, if not the entire season. Um, That's the least of his worries right now. (laughs) Yeah. But besides that, now he's in trouble apparently for threatening his ex-girlfriend literally the day after he got married. And here's the thing that makes me so upset. It's because I saw, um, you know, the Bleacher Report was tweeting about how he got married and they tweeted something from Matt Barnes saying, you know, it's good to see him smile, see him happy. He's been going through a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's kind of see like, oh, ex-girlfriend files restraining order. And now I didn't, this, there is apparently a clip from TMZ um you know, with the full recording, which is so just weird to me, but that's a whole nother topic. But, um, you know, saying what he said, and it was vulgar, and it was aggressive, but it was in a way, he was trying to address the fact that it it seems like the mother was not going to let his seven-year-old son come to his wedding. And if I, if I was in the same position, I would be upset because Mm -hmm. this is kind of like you want your child uh, there on that day because it's like okay this is extended family like yes this is not your biological mother but she is you know the woman that I love and I want to spend the rest of my life with and I want you to be a part of that so who knows what came before those vulgar words because obviously they're not going to put out the full conversation because they want people to be enticed like um like entice the violence basically Mm -hmm. uh but I hope that whatever comes out of this is is positive and it just melds over because I feel like Boogie Cousins is not that kind of person that they're trying to paint him to be right now. Mm-hmm. I sure I I totally empathize with him and if that's the situation that his ex wife or ex girlfriend didn't want to let his son go to his wedding. I would be mad AF too because it's like you're trying to build something different or build a new life and you found somebody who you think you're going to spend the rest of your life with and you're not allowing your son to be there. It's kind of really painful. My thing is just like if he did say like these bad things and like all like the fact that he like kind of threatened her in the very extreme way. It's not like, oh, I'm going to call you know, child services, or this is not fair, you know, but he went to very extremes. I dislike that part, personally, as a human being, but I can see why. That's just the thing. I can see why. And you never know, there's people that can bring out aggression in other kind of people, and it's just so sad to see him going through his, like, ACL injury, and now you have to add this. So, like, on top of him not not working, he's probably not going to be working for the next few years if he's, like, if this is as serious as it gets. And then you're just adding more by not letting your son go to your wedding and this, or a special day in your life. And now this recording comes out. It's just what a stressful last few weeks that this has been for Cousins. And I feel for him. Yeah, Regardless for of sure. how he said yeah. it or what he said, I feel, I feel bad. And yeah, hopefully something positive comes out of this and maybe people can learn their lessons and not be so nosy. Or why you even recorded in the first place. If you're recording, yeah. if you're recording it, that means you want people to know, and you already know you you got this person to the level that it's embarrassing, and then you're gonna spill it, and that's sad. That's yeah. petty. <laughs> exactly, that is sad because you know when TMZ gets involved, you already know it's a messy situation. Yeah. So 
somebody did that on purpose to make him look ugly and I'm sure he was just pissed off and people say stupid things all the time when they're angry Correct. you know so I'm sure he actually wasn't gonna like go like he I think he like threatened to hurt her or kill her or choke her some something like something vulgar but it's just kind of like when you're in the heat of the moment like you mm-hmm. just say whatever like I've I've most people have been there like like fake threatened like I would not I would not do this, but I'm saying this to you because I'm angry. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, the league is going to investigate. I saw the Lakers are going to investigate. So we'll just see. I mean, what can they investigate? I don't know. He didn't really actually kill her, right? So I don't really know what they're investigating. Right. But, but you know, it is what it is. It is. It is what it is at this point. So hopefully he, you know... Hopefully they can get past all that. He can get his ACL healed up and he can see his son and et cetera, et cetera. All glitter and, and rainbows and happiness. <laughs> um, but yeah, moving you. past the Lakers, uh, they're not the only team doing <laughs> something. Uh, this offseason, we actually have a USA basketball team that's actually about to compete in the um, FIBA World Cup. And they're on a little bit of a rocky road heading to China. Uh, Yeah, so, Leslie, what what have you seen? What have you picked up in these little um, exhibition games that they've been going through? Well, I've only watched a few, to be honest, because I don't really like to watch, like, games for fun because I just think, like, they're just for fun. I don't really care. But but I think, like, it's kind of been a drama-filled time with Team USA. I mean... First off, it started with nobody wanting to actually play this year for the FIBA yeah. World Cup. And I think I read an article where it said like 19 different players have withdrawn from participating. And that's like a lot. And then wow. when I went back, yeah, it started with kind of with Coach K kind of stepping down from his coaching position. And since then, like no one really wants to play. But, you know, I mean, it's not like, oh, my God, it's the worst thing in the world because they still have really great young players but I think that because of the way that the NBA offseason went, this is what I'm thinking, I think that players are kind of more focused on trying to um, like perfect their own game with their new team or their new teammates rather than focusing on like Team USA and what to do with that whole thing. Because like if we look back, Russell Westbrook's on a different team. Anthony Davis is in a different team. Kyrie's in a different team. Kevin... And it's, like, so much more that kind of fell from all those stuff. So everybody's all different. Team chemistry is different. And so it's, like, I feel like they're probably thinking, well, should I go play for Team USA or kind of, like, focus on winning with my team and this championship? And so I think maybe that's what kind of happened with the team. But, I mean, they haven't sucked. Like, I've watched them play. They're pretty good. They don't suck. But I just feel that... The competition is kind of getting more competitive, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Because now it's like uh, Team Australia, you have, you know, Ben Simmons, you have Patty Mills, who I guess killed them on that one time when they lost, <laughs> 98 yes, to 94. He did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I think he had, you know, I may be wrong about this, but I feel like I felt, I saw the number 30 somewhere, like 30 points. But um, I know he did definitely have a high-scoring percentage when they lost, breaking their 78-game winning streak, yes. which is like, well, 
so I think that's what people yeah, are more like, mad at, like more fact of the fact, like oh my god, how can you let this team break that streak? And it's just like, well, does the game really didn't even matter? And like I don't know. Yeah. So I can see why they'd probably be worried, but still, it's Team USA. They've kind of always had the upper hand when it comes to the Olympics and the FIBA World Cup. So I don't know. I'm not that worried, but I like what I'm watching from them play. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten the chance to actually sit down like watch a game, but I have been like keeping up because, uh, you know, there there are Spurs players involved between mm-hmm. Patty Mills and Derek White. You know, I've been like forced to like look at their <laughs> stuff because um, it's all in my newsfeed and timeline, and I I you know work at it at work and all of that stuff, but. I think the biggest thing this year is that they literally have like no stars. They mm-hmm. don't have, um, they don't have Durant. Durant's hurt. They don't have Thompson. He's hurt. They don't have uh, Anthony Davis. You know, he's focusing on his career with the Lakers. They don't have Irving. They don't have Lowry. They don't have Butler. They don't have D. Rosen. All these guys that, like you said, are focusing more on themselves and their transitions um, onto new teams or just, you know, into longer career paths, whatever it is, it just feels like the league is more player centric now. So these stars who are usually automatically on the team are, are like, well, I don't really want to do that this year because I just feel like it's going to take away from the overall goal, which is the NBA, not just USA basketball, which is a little sad and disappointing to see because it's kind of like, you know, you want to represent your country, but there's also the whole thing with like our country is, doesn't look all glamorous as it used to be, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's politics. We're here to talk about sports. Yeah, so, that's, that's a whole um, different story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, there's, you know, there's hope. I think people are just a little scared because, you know, Team USA just usually just wins, wins, wins and doesn't even have to think about it. You know, they just wake up and win. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But now they have to, they have to really mesh younger players or players that haven't really had international experience uh, quickly. Mm-hmm. And because, like you said, 19 people have dropped down, and then they only they also had injuries. You know, uh, Kuzma getting hurt was literally the only reason why they closed off the roster I because that so. was that was the last man down. Yeah, he's like, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was like, yeah, no, forget it. Uh, after I think he heard his knee is something slight, but he was like, yeah, no, definitely, he definitely wants to sit sit out the rest of the off season now, which is understandable. Yeah. So now they have to rely on. Um, Players like Donovan Mitchell, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, uh, again, Derek White. These are young players. They're not super experienced. Um, I I don't even know if some of them have been on the USA team before. So it's just a lot of lack of experience yeah. really yeah because it's and not like they're it, like the worst players they're really good within their exactly. own and it's just that like you said we're used to seeing them like the team usa win by like 30 40 and just like you know make it a massacre and this time it's like well that game was 98 94 like whoa what's going on like we're losing what it's so shocking but it's like maybe you have to put in a little bit more effort <laughs> you know just yeah. because it's not like you have a lebron james kobe bryant Dwayne wade like you know with that team they're all superstars they all kind of feel off of each other and you know if you pass the ball they're gonna make it with this kind of squad that we have going on like you mentioned it's kind of 
they're different players not used to playing with one another not used to being in that like superstar caliber so it is going to be tough but it just it's just going to be tough doesn't mean they can't not win exactly exactly so it's just kind of like a just see how it goes kind yeah, of thing. now they better win because but... i just said that <laughs> <laughs> well, oh gosh, they, don't make me look dumb. <laughs> they, got a little, they got a little journey to go, so I'm yep. sure we'll definitely be keeping up with them uh, heading into the into the regular season. So, besides USA men's basketball, uh, WNBA season is coming to a close soon, two, and they're uh, currently yes. yeah they're currently clinching playoff spots. I'm hoping I am. Praying that the Sparks go to the playoffs and I can go to a game because I haven't been to a WNBA game this year and I am so disappointed in myself because I told myself that I would go and support women's sports and all of that and I still haven't been. So I apologize to all my all my female <laughs> athletes out there that I'm not supporting with my money. <laughs> um, but you are watching, but- so that helps. I am. I'm watching. I'm reading. I'm keeping up. I'm retweeting all of that. All of that other stuff that I can do. That's like free. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So sticking with LA, the Sparks have clinched a playoff spot. Yes. So, I'm excited. Six teams have already clinched a spot. The last two, um, the Lynx and Mercury, they have not. So that the six and seven seed are kind. I mean. 7th and 8th seed are kind of up for grabs. So that's going to be exciting in the next few weeks to see who kind of makes it and who doesn't. Yeah, definitely. I, You know, it's it's like we were saying on the last um, episode, it's been very, very competitive this season. And now athletes are coming back. They're healthy. They're, you know, the, the crazy thing that I know about the WNBA, and I know this is random, is that I feel like when their players get hurt, they just jump right back into it before the season is over. And the season is so short. And I'm like, how? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like wondering, like, how did they do this? Because... Uh, you know, the Sparks, they had a, a number of injuries just a few weeks ago when we were talking, you yeah. know, half, like still 30% of their team was injured. Now they have Candace Parker back. They have the twins back. Um, you have uh, apparently the, the stat that I noticed, which was really good, was that the last game that they played, um, uh, reading through my notes, can't, don't remember who they played, uh, but Everyone was healthy, and everybody on the 12 people roster, 12 women roster, everyone played, and that was the first time in the whole season. And they're on an 11-game winning streak, which is the fourth best in their history. Yeah. So. Wow. That's, yeah, 11-game home winning streak, sorry, to be more specific. That's still great. (laughs) Yeah, just to see that they pulled it together literally, like, on the last leg like last last leg they really like came out of nowhere and was like no we're gonna win these games Mm -hmm. we have all our people healthy like we don't have any excuse to you know just go full force ahead and I I love it I think it's amazing um and also one of the girls that I used to went to go to school with uh at Baylor Alexis Jones she had a breakout night um she scored 15 points and it's just kind of like everybody is everybody's shining you know everybody is doing what they need to do and um the i wrote so many notes on them (laughs) 
just catch up. No, uh, yeah. Oh, and then they're breaking like individual records. So NECA had 4,000 career points. And then Candace Parker moved up on the all time assist list. So it's just kind of like not only are they bettering themselves but they're bettering themselves for their team and it's just kind of doing like this ripple effect you know yeah no uh, let me go back to some of your points so i think it was the indiana fever that they played on thursday where they had like all their 12 active players and they won so i was excited for for that too and then um yeah for you know what it's kind of crazy that you bring it up that how is it that these wnba players get injured but they seem to come back quicker than the nba players and then they just like go back and jump in without like you know without any second injuries or like a strain and i don't Mm -hmm. know maybe it might be the way they are coached it might be the way of their um training their physical conditioning i don't know but it would be very interesting to kind of compare both and see where all where are the flaws when it comes to the nba but you know Props to the WNBA for like still keeping the players that work and keeping them like kind of not as injured, even though this was like the most injuries we've seen. But they all kind of come back, you know, and it's like perfect timing, right, for the playoffs. <laughs> but but I, I think honestly, this has been like the best year for the WNBA. Everybody's kind of shining within their own team, and it kind of makes it more exciting to see that within the playoff spots they're only like three games away from one another you know and so like any win or loss the the standings move around and because the wnba is kind of different their playoff format only the top two teams kind of um get by get by weeks and or they will wait till like you know later on in the playoffs so to see like you know if somebody wins and somebody loses it makes it more exciting i think especially for these last two weeks coming up. Yeah, yeah, I, def- I definitely agree. It's just, though, I feel like the shorter the season it is, the more, I don't know, like the more just oomph, like more teams have to like just get it done and get it done now. So there's you know, a little bit more pressure. There's no like mm-hmm. lag. Like I feel like in the during the NBA season, there's kind of just like a, like a drive they just playing to play you know yeah that's how I feel like it is but I feel like with the WNBA is it's kind of like start you know progress and like that's just it you know yeah it's like like all games matter yeah exactly like every single game matters and like every part of the season from like start middle to end is just like it just keeps going it's just like you got to keep up or you're gonna get lost (laughs) exactly um So, yeah, besides the Sparks, I know, like, we've we've talked a lot about the Aces this season, too, Mm -hmm. because they were the most anticipated team to go to playoffs and possibly win a championship. Uh, And the last time they were actually in playoffs were when they were located where I am located right now, in San Antonio, as the San Antonio, uh, what was the name of their team? Well... I wrote it down somewhere, but um, yeah, so that was in 2014, I believe, so a few years ago, so now it's just kind of like, okay, they've, they've clinched a playoff spot now, uh, they have 
almost everybody's healthy again asia wilson is back and you know she's scoring and their duo that they well their trio that they're they have excuse me asia wilson um liz cambridge and kayla kayla mcbride they're um basically on the way to being the sixth WNBA trio to average 15 points plus per game together as a unit which is pretty crazy (laughs) that they all can mesh like that and share the ball in a way that they score high double digits yeah i i was reading an article as well of how they kind of on um 538 on how kind of they're like carving their own identity out and how it's like between them three that those players that you mentioned they're they're scoring and they're doing it fast like they are in a fast pace so it's kind of like I think it's a little bit more funner to watch because the ball's like constantly moving and you can see them and then they're scoring and it's going in it's like it's so much offense with a you know with defense yeah. as well duh because you there's D has to be defense in the games but like their way that they're kind of making themselves known as like these three players and we're gonna score on your and on your team it's kind of like a little bit of fearful and something to watch especially for the other teams around them because they can easily go from three from the fourth spot to the second spot and just be safe and then waiting for you to come um after you just finish battling every off everybody off in the playoffs so I am with you. It's very exciting to watch and kind of see them grow together. Yeah, yeah. And, they, they, I mean, they did it so quickly. They they literally went from last year they were at the – they finished, I think, I believe at the bottom yep. of the league. You mm-hmm. know, they, they had the worst – they had the, the worst record. And now they're, I believe, fourth or fifth in WNBA rankings mm-hmm. um I know for the power rankings they're five and they did drop because they're on a they were on a three game uh, I believe they're playing today or tomorrow later this week uh, a three game road trip and those are always those are always hard because you know you know you don't feel like you have the time to really reset because you're literally on the road right. um so they've, they've lost two of those games, and I think that's what really bumped them down because, you know, as as a team, you're going to travel, and especially in playoffs, you know, it's going to be a lot of uh, just games and quick reset that you have to adjust to, otherwise you're not going to win. So if they can't handle that kind of pressure, that's definitely a little scary. Hopefully they do at least win one of the games on this road trip uh, just to kind of prove it to themselves and to the league that, they can handle the pressure of the tiredness and the traveling and um, et cetera. So we only have like a little bit left to go with the WMB season. Um, I think it's definitely been one of the best yet, one of the best I've experienced. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the most popularized and growth and, you know, they're up in front and they're on commercials and they're, in more broadcasting networks, getting more time on TV. So I, I definitely think definitely one of the one of the best seasons, and it can get it's definitely going to get better from here. I, I already know it's going to get better. <laughs> I think so. I'm excited. I'm uh, like, even if it's not the Sparks in the finals, because uh, you know I'm an LA girl, so I like the Sparks. Even if it's not them, like I'm still excited to watch because I want to, or if it's the Aces, or if it's um the Mystics, like I'm excited because they're all just playing so well but i want to see i honestly want to see it (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah 
Well, that's it for our podcast. This was episode 16, and we hope that you enjoyed it and our conversation. And hopefully you follow us for our next podcast in a few weeks. And um, yeah, so if you want to know more about us, you can also follow us on on Twitter, on Instagram. But that's all we have for you today. Thank you for listening. I'm Leslie Torres with... I'm Brianna Marks. And we'll see you guys on our next podcast. (laughs) 